Now stay here and keep out of trouble. Welcome to the Brick City Blockade Podcast. There's the blockade. Join Robin Vogt and Sean Michaud. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. As they break down that galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network Star Wars panel. We're talking a galaxy far, far away. We have somebody dressed up as Kylo Ren. I love it. It is really Kylo Ren. <laughs> we actually had him show up. Adam Driver, right? Is yeah. that your name? Don't worry, leave the mask on. We don't we'll protect your identity. No, yeah. And it, if there is Darth Jar Jar behind it, please just... Just stay okay. the way you are, because we are not dealing with Jar Jar Binks today at all. I think. Um, Jar Jar, I am no longer Skywalker. So, the best part about, and, and Sean, you can attest to this too, is that we got people over on Facebook Live right now. They're watching us. People on iTunes and on SoundCloud are listening to this episode right now. Probably sometime in the near future in a galaxy far, far away. Um, a day. Or, yeah, yeah, probably about a day. But. Sean and I have been doing the Comic-Con run now for probably a year and a half. A year and a half, yes. Our first Comic-Con was actually in Granite State. Yeah. And Ryan was there, too. He, that's when we started to get to know him more. And it's great to have him here as well. Yeah. This, yeah. this is your first panel here with us at a con, I think, other than clicking a computer Granite yeah. State to start with. But <laughs> we actually get you. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Yeah, that's right. That is true. That is true. So, so where are we today? We are at Nashua. Nashua. Public Library, Comic Fest 2017, and we got a great group of people sitting in front of us right now. You guys can't see them, but maybe over on Facebook Live, they can stop by at the end and they can just kind of wave at the camera and say hi to everybody. Mm-hmm. But this is our Star Wars panel. This is part of our future Star Wars tour. We actually plan, we've done um, Avon Con this year in Avon, Connecticut. We did Wine Mountain Con up in, in Plymouth, New Hampshire. Uh, we're stopping here, and then we're going to be going to Granite State Comic Con again for this year as well, which is going to be great. So we get to talk Star Wars with you guys uh, at many different locations this year. But really the focus of our conversation today, Brian, is I think we, we've had a lot of stuff happening in the Star Wars universe. Of course we had Force Awakens. Of course we had Rogue One. But guess what? Now we have the next series of films to end this trilogy, and the next one is, of course, The Last Jedi, Episode Eight. And yeah, exactly. You guys can go on T Public. You can pick up our shirts. Can't, can't wait. wait for eight. Right? Can't wait for eight. And so, Mr. Fontaine, right when we're talking right now, there's a lot of stuff happening in San Diego right now. It's another con called San Diego Comic Con, and we've had a lot of stuff about the Last Jedi at San Diego already this year. Yeah, it's surprising. I, I think it's good. I, I think it's kind of that age-old uh, debate we have as Star Wars fans, as movie fans. How much do you want to know when you go into the movie? Mm. You know, we talk, uh, we try not to talk spoilers, you know, here on on the network. And uh, I don't think much of the stuff that's been out so far has been in that spoiler Mm. territory. I mean, we've had, um, you know, from a collecting aspect, we've seen some of the new toys and action figures and merchandise that's going to come out, which kind of gives us a glimpse into what we can expect. We've had a teaser trailer back in April at Star Wars Celebration in Orlando. We most recently at D23 last weekend, actually about a week ago today as a recording, uh, we got the, you know, like a sizzle reel, basically behind the scenes. Um, and then Sean, what, you know, what were your thoughts about that? I mean, for me, it was great to, 
a lot of people don't like to see the behind the scenes stuff because they don't want to see no, like right. how the cake is made. They just want to eat it. And <laughs> um, I yeah, for me, it's really great because you can see that it's a galaxy far, far away right here at home. Right. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, especially with the behind the scenes, I just love to see how everything's made. Because I'm such a, I, I used to do uh, behind the scenes with camera work and all that. And then, yeah. The behind-the-scenes people do not get enough credit in the movies, and they should. And especially the people that work on the audio, the music, the the creatures, and the especially those new creatures, the porgs. Mm, uh, oh, gotta get a porg. Even start me on the porgs. Man, those are gonna be cool. They are, and maybe we'll get like a, some plushies up. <laughs> that'd be that'd be fun to get. Yeah, I mean, l let me just say this. Based off of everything we've seen from The Last Jedi up to this point, whether it's been a sizzle reel, whether it's been reports about, you know, just stuff that we might see with this film, I have to admit, the Porgs, which I, I don't know if people have seen here, have you guys seen pictures of the Porgs yet from The Last Jedi at all? Because um, I can actually show you guys some pictures of these things. Um, and... <laughs> these great little creatures. It's like a penguin and a... I don't even, I can't, I mean, just look at that thing. I mean, <laughs> and um, it's like a penguin and an Ewok. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like a weird little mix of uh, We're of just got creatures. that little otter, otter face, kind of. Yeah, I know, and I, I have a funny feeling when these things hit the merchandise market, Brian, and we get plushes of these things, it doesn't matter what age you are, whether you're 9 or whether you're 99, you're going to want a plushy pork because I think, and it, see, it even rolls off the mouth great. Yeah. Plushy pork. It, it, that's gonna have to be an episode title now. But yeah, um, it might be this one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really cool because, and this is the thing about Star Wars recently is that, I think we all thought when Disney took it over back in 2012, I think we knew that we were gonna see a lot of Star Wars and we knew that we were gonna get it pretty quick. We were gonna see these films coming out. They were gonna start producing them. We we're gonna hear about directors over time. But I never thought that it would hit such a level, and I think I felt it specifically when we saw the sizzle reel for The Last Jedi, mm -hmm. is that there's, it's, it's like, we had Force Awakens, which was our appetizer. It's like, welcome back, here's our first part of the meal, and now The Last Jedi is like that main entree. You get to it, it's like, man, I've been waiting for this, this is the piece that I'm really and don't forget we're to. gonna get dessert soon. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> we're gonna get the conclusion to this Star Wars. <laughs> but I think, Sean, The Last Jedi, I'm gonna be curious to hear your thoughts on this, Brian, because, I mean, it seems like we're getting a very different tone with this film. You know, the last, the, the Force Awakens specifically, again, was an introduction to the universe. It introduced us to these new characters, and now we get to see these characters finally hit their stride in this middle film, and we get to see their stories play out a little bit more. Brian, your thoughts specifically maybe around, maybe something you'd like to see with these characters, because the sizzle reel kind of showed a little bit of it, but I think that there's so much more that they're going to be telling us about them. Well, I think you said it right because they, they had to introduce us to new characters. I mean, we've got Rey, Finn, Poe, mm. Kylo Ren. Um, yeah. You know, and there's so many more characters that they just all at the same time kind of introduced us to. But then also it was familiar because you had Han Solo, Princess Leia, mm. Adamo Akbar. It's a wrap! <laughs> um, <laughs> that I'm, I'm really looking forward to what they're going to be able to do. And I know we've kind of, uh, as a podcast network, have been talking about, you know, one of the criticisms of The Force Awakens is that it was that reintroduction back into the galaxy. Right. 
and a lot of the criticisms was, well, they didn't have any new troopers. There was no new ships. And we now know that some of that was on the cutting room floor, that we may have gotten some of that. And I think if you have been paying attention to some of the information being released so far, we're going to get oodles and oodles of new stuff yeah. that will be new, like you said. And uh, anybody that is a fan of Ryan Johnson, mm. I everything we've seen about Ryan Johnson, his prior movies that he's made, Looper, oh, that's such great a great example. movie. I mean, great like... Uh, you know, a story or a trope that's semi-familiar, but he put his own spin on it, mm. and it just has that that ending that's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now he has to work off J.J. Uh, Abrams' work. Right? Yeah, and that's the yeah, one it's thing difficult to do. And it I is. think it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun to see how he plays it, plays it out. Because we see um, Mark Hamill say it's different than anything he's worked at. That was during the last behind the behind the scenes trailer. So I'm excited to see. It. Everyone's reactions to the move to this new movie, even even though it's it's different for everyone else. And um, I think one thing too that a Star Wars fans initially got a little alarmed at Robin was the fact that the story isn't already written. That each of these directors that comes in has some creative freedom to kind of take the story as long as there's consistency. Our, our friend. Over in Scotland, Mr. Scott Inch yeah. is our is our is our canon uh, timeline guy, and, and how it all exists within this. All the stories all interconnect, all the characters interconnect, and it'll it'll be interesting to see now going forward. Each of these directors have the ability to take. It, it's almost like you're telling a story around a campfire, and somebody <laughs> yeah. starts the starts the story, and then the next person has to come in and say, mm. "Okay, well." You, you you gave me these characters and now I'm gonna take it from here and this is this is what I think would happen right. and maybe Robin the, the jumping off point for you is that right now Adam Driver a lot of the actors have said you know they're, they're John Boyega has said Ryan Johnson is taking Star Wars to a place that is new mm. and fresh I mean yeah. run with that yeah I mean and it's a really good point because when we're talking about Star Wars We've always known George Lucas's style. We always knew the classic Star Wars feel, even up and through the prequels. I know people have their thoughts about the prequels. Mr. Jim Robert's on the network has his thoughts on the prequels. I love the prequels. Yeah, I think here at the network, yeah. we've all become fans of the prequels over time, especially with the network. Except Jim. Except Jim. We'll get him. We'll get him at some point to enjoy it's the prequels. It'll take a stone for him. Right. But the best part is, is that they're, they're not afraid to try different types of directors. They're not afraid to go out on a limb. And I have to stem some of that also to some of the stuff we've seen with the Han Solo film. Yeah. They're also not afraid to choose a director and say, this isn't working out, you're out of here. And we're gonna bring in somebody else to try to fi either fix it or add a different level to it. And you bring up a great point because it is that campfire um, serenade. You could kind of say, you know, each person adds in their next yeah. guitar or another instrument to this uh, storyline. And I think Ryan Johnson is probably one of the best directors to have Helm episode 8 just because of Looper and because of some of the other projects that he's worked on. He's been able to add a certain level of gravitas to the language that he uses and to the, the camera angles that he uses. And I'm really excited to see 
if there are elements of Looper in some of those other films. I mean, I think the teaser, the sizzle reel, we kind of saw some of those behind the scenes. He was taking cameras. We saw him in the water. Yeah. He was standing in the water with a camera fully uh, submerged in the water, and then another underwater scene where somebody was jumping over. There was that bunker was... scene, too. That's really kind of like that, kind of like a war zone, kind of. Like, like going back to Rogue One a little. Mm. Yeah, and he's going to do a great job, I feel. And I think Star Wars fans are really excited uh, to see what he can do when he's given something like this with a, these characters already, names, uh, basically a, a timeline for how things are going to happen for them, and just say, okay, now it's your turn to continue the story and to kind of play around with it at the same time. It's going to be, I, I have a funny feeling and we say it all the time, you know, and I think it's natural for us to say, yeah, this is going to be the best Star Wars film ever. Because guess what? We said that for Force Awakens. It, it ended up being a good film. And then we heard about Rogue One. And it's like, yeah, this is going to be the best one. Well, guess what? It was pretty good. But now Episode Eight's coming around the corner. And we're probably all going to say, this is going to be the film. It's going to be the one. It's going to be the one to go with. But I'm, I'm glad you do bring that up because I think from what we've discussed with fans, no matter where we go, and I'm, we'll be curious to hear your thought when we get to our Q&A piece, and we start hearing your thoughts on this, but I think we're heading down a really good path in terms of creative directors mm -hmm. and their ability to take this story and just completely blow our minds with it in different ways. And it's not just the movies, the TV, the TV shows, the, the, right. the authors that write the books and the comics. It's, and it's the people, and it's, it's all about the fans as well. Right, of course. Yeah, Sean makes a good point too, is Star Wars is getting so big that even there's, what, eight of us yeah. as part of the network? And even with eight of us, I don't feel like we can cover everything <laughs> adequately. So I mean, we've got the novels, the movies, the comic books, um, yeah. you know, the, the toys, the collecting, the merchandise and everything. And it's, it's enough to make it somebody's head spin. And, and I think one thing that we talk about all the time too, there's really no level of fandom for Star Wars. I mean, if you love Star Wars, there's something kind of for everybody, you know, whether you really love Star Wars Rebels or you're a big fan, like Sean is, of the Clone Wars. And um, it's welcoming to everybody because you can like certain aspects of it and you can dislike some things too, but there's really something for everyone. But to try to keep up with everything, it's it's it can be stressful, and, and Star Wars is meant to be fun. You know, yeah. it's for kids, it keeps all of us uh, thinking we're kids. We're yeah. all big kids at heart, <laughs> um, and, and that's what this universe kind of lets us do. And, you know, we shouldn't... Uh, you have the ability to, to kind of be as engaged and, and as immersed as your time and budget will allow, because it can be pretty darn expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it really can be. You can really invest some time into the Star Wars universe, whether it's the collectibles, whether it's you want to start your own Star Wars podcast and you want to talk about it, guess what? You got to put some time and you got to put some effort and you got to get the right people on it, like we have here, to make sure that you get the voice out that you want to get out and to have that positive attitude. Again, here at the network, we always focus on a positive attitude with the Star Wars universe because at, in, it was really another one of our focuses uh, in this conversation is not only to talk about The Last Jedi in the Star Wars universe, but was to also talk about the fans because I think here at the network alone, over <laughs> however long, it's been, it's amazing. We've only existed really for 14 to 15 months. And the amount of fans that we've built up over this amount of time and the people that we've connected with, and you guys, the people that we go out and we talk to, 
is really, really important to us because you are the voices of Star Wars. You are the ones who say, we don't like this. We're not going to go to the theater to see it. Or, man, I really want to see this play out. Maybe I should write to somebody on Twitter or send out a quick tweet to maybe a director and say, man, you know, I would love to see you do a Star Wars film at some point. Just recently, I, it was kind of cool, we finally got an announcement at San Diego Comic-Con that uh, Jason Fry, who is a very popular author when it comes to Star Wars, um, some of the visual guides, he does some yeah. uh, co-work on that, cross-sections, cross-sections and whatever else, is now going to be helming The Last Jedi novel. And in a recent conversation with him, he happens to be a New York Mets fan like myself. So I tweeted out to him and I said, it's so great to have you part of The Last Jedi novel. Sneaky as I am, saying, hey, buddy, can you give me some insight into what this movie's going to be yeah, like? I don't think so. Right? It's not going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'll I'm keep trying. Not disclosure. <laughs> but the Mets fan piece help, helps a little bit. But um, oh, sure. That sucks. Man. Yeah, and it was great because he tweeted me back and he said, hey, man, thanks so much. You know, it, it's going to be great to see how this thing plays out when the, the, you know, of course, when the film comes out and I'm able to release this novel and everything. And we just kind of connected from there on out and we connected on Facebook and everything. And it's amazing how that fan interaction piece with even somebody who we don't even know what their writing is going to be like, mm-hmm. and, but they're attached to Star Wars. That connection is so important between the fans and the producers and the writers and everything else. And I think here at the network, I think we always try to encourage fans, you guys, that making those connections are important because they are listening. You know, these people are listening and they're curious to hear your thoughts on certain things, for sure. Yeah. And I, and I think probably, um, stemming off of that specifically, um, one of the other things I think would be cool to kind of talk about while we have people in the room too, is that with The Last Jedi coming up, and I'm sure most of you have seen The Force Awakens, am I correct? Many of you have seen Rogue One, of course. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. This is where we kind of turn it over to you for a little bit. And be curious to hear your thoughts on what elements of those films did you really enjoy? And what things do you would you like to see come time for The Last Jedi? Were there certain things that you really enjoyed about it? Curious to hear. Harrison Ford, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how that's going to work. Well, it's not going to work out, but it's actually got this stuff in bad. Yeah. I think a lot of kids like that. It's for me, it taught me not to be afraid of monsters. Right. I thought, I thought he pretty much dominated that movie and not the screen. Hmm. Some of the actors, I think, uh, he did it directly. Uh, Adam Driver and Jack plays. Oh, Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Justin Timberlake is with it. Right. I think those two are the ones taking the center stage. Yeah. We've talked about that on the network all the time. Some of the similarities, a lot of fans and a lot of people you know, and I, and, I, and I think after watching The Force Awakens multiple times, some people have gone in and said, yeah, this looks kind of like a carbon copy of A New Hope a little bit. It looks a little bit, you know, some of the elements are very similar. And I, I, Brian, I'm curious to hear your thoughts because I know on the network we've talked about it. But I think that, you know, where this is, there are some elements, obviously. 
But I think at the same time, there had to be a reintroduction. I think they had to connect it because not only was there a younger, the younger audience was guaranteed to be there. It's Star Wars. Their parents grew up with it. Mm -hmm. It's something they were immediately going to go to. But at the same time, I think The Force Awakens needed to market it to the older crowd, the, the people who were there in 77, the people who have familiarity to the original trilogy at the same time. So by adding those elements, it's like, wow, that's bringing me back to that. It's bringing me back to that moment. And yeah. I know we've talked about it. Yeah, I mean, there's so many moments in there where you just, you kind of just, you know, do a fist pump. I mean, yeah. one of my favorite parts early in the movie is when uh, Finn rescues Poe and they get in that TIE fighter. Mm. And it's just like that exhilaration of just like, it's fun. You know, it's yeah. like, um, you know, and you hear them talking about Luke Skywalker, but you know, one thing I want to go back to about why it feels familiar, mm. and if you actually, uh, I know Jim Roberts and I are going to be talking about it on a future episode with um, the prequel Strike Back and kind of the thought process of the ring theory, which mm. some people, you know, just with any theory in Star Wars, people think it has some legitimacy and it's pretty cool, and others are like, I think you're stretching it kind of far. Um, <laughs> right. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. It's yeah. so interesting, and there's a lot of uh, actually accounts on Twitter that'll actually uh, try to find similarities between the different films of where even sometimes during at the same timestamp in a movie to the other one, um, they almost have the similar dialogue. There's similar yeah. scenes. Uh, you know, going back to kind of Return of the Jedi, you've got Luke fighting Vader and he kind of does like a leg kick and Vader kind of flips off there. Rey does something similar to Kylo Ren in The Force <laughs> Awakens. And it, right. it kind of, it's almost like this circular story. What, it's not even necessarily what's old is new again. It's like almost echoes of things that right. have happened and they're gonna happen again. Right. I think it's gonna be different for The Last Jedi, I think. Mm. I mean, of course it's going to be, uh, Ryan Johnson's going to take some similarities of the Empire Strikes Back, but I just have, uh, hope that it's going to be, it's going to be different because what, what everyone's been saying behind, behind the scenes, it just, it's going to be different, I think. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, I, I've, I've talked with a lot of people here on the network and fans that we've interacted with. And a lot of them, because of that, because of Force Awakens, and they feel that it feels like a new hope, it's like, well, if that's the case, does that mean The Last Jedi is going to be just like Empire Strikes Back? Mm. And my answer to that is no. no. Because you have to look at J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams is also the guy who took, you know, Star Trek, of course, and he took it... I'm sorry. J.J. Abrams. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> to, if you didn't realize that... <laughs> but at the same time, he is known as a director, somebody who's worked with Spielberg and others, who has been known to kind of reboot things at times, not necessarily directly with films like Star Trek and Star Wars, but even with some of the stuff he's co-produced on early on, uh, I can't name off the, some of them off the top of my head, I probably should have some notes, but at the same time, it's like he's that kind of director. He takes elements from other films that maybe he's studied, mm -hmm. you know, he is a man of film, and just kind of adds those elements to it. And again, Ryan Johnson is a completely different kind of creative talent. He knows how to throw things for a loop, and he knows, well, not, not a pun, no pun intended to looper, but... Um, yeah, it was, it was intentional. It was yeah. completely intentional. But he's, he knows how to take something, flip it on its head, and say, guess what, I'm gonna give you something new, and you're really gonna enjoy it, because there's gonna be some plot twists in here, too. And I think that's the one element of Empire Strikes Back that I would love to see in The Last Jedi is some kind of 
plot twist to everything yeah. because I think again it's, it's totally gonna happen. I, I could I could totally see it. We don't know what. Right, Brian. Do you think you'll you'll see a plot twist in this film at all, or do you think they're gonna keep Ryan Johnson's gonna stick to it and just kind of continue to push the story forward? I mean, I've got some I've got some theories myself on what that could be. I know mm. we've talked about Ray's lineage uh, at a couple different times. I wouldn't say ad nauseum, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I think the one thing, even seeing this is a real kind of uh, also solidified it. But I just I wonder if instead of maybe potentially a redemption of Kylo Ren's character occurring in episode 9, currently untitled, if that actually starts to happen in this next film. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that right there could be something that would obviously, uh, could really do that. Um, And I think just that that struggle between the light and the dark, and you know, we've kind of seen that in some of the other mediums of, of Star Wars where it's always been really nice as Star Wars to have a very solid definition of good and a solid definition of a, what evil is. But we, we, it feels we, like it's Sean. It's coming into that middle a little bit. Yeah, like in Rogue One, we did, we saw Jin not trying being evil and good. She's doing her job. That's what the Rogue One was doing. Well, Cassian Andor. Yeah, Cassian yeah. and all that. And I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good for the well, she had to do that too. I think. I yeah. It, it, would, it would help out the, the story itself. It would, it would throw me off, which I, I love when movies throw me off. Yeah, it's it's one of the best part about films alone is that they're able to take something and throw something new at you and throw something completely different, and then again just shock you at the same time. Um, I I totally agree with both of you. I I think that the Last Jedi itself, in your theory about Kylo Ren, that balance between the light side and the dark side. I mean, you, that's an element of Luke Skywalker, and of course, in Legends, we see Luke go to the dark side yeah. and explore that, but of course, in the canonized version, we see Luke, of course, be persuaded, but ends up staying to the light side. Kylo Ren is an interesting character when it comes to that, because he is very, I'm not going to say he's mal- malleable, like he's able to be brought into these different directions, but I think if they do want a plot twist... You could turn him to the light side, mm-hmm. in not necessarily maybe tease it and then episode nine make it so. But you want to talk about? I mean, especially with Han being gone now, sadly. Spoiler. Yeah, I know. If you haven't seen, sorry. Uh, I, <laughs> we should get like a giant spoiler alert sign just to keep in the room so that we can start flashing it. Yeah, when it comes time. Um, but also with everything with Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia, that character, yeah. now starting to move forward now. If Kylo was able to turn to the light side, and of course, come episode nine, whatever happens with the casting Carrie Fisher, maybe they've already done some stuff. I mean, it's gonna be pretty emotional. And where does that now take Ray heading forward? Do we see two light side users and suddenly Luke is training two light side users? Or, my theory, do we see a complete, hello, time to switch, no, 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 and we no. see, I know, you don't like that idea at all, but it, it's, it's, it's up there. It's up I there res- in the ether. I, I, I respect your opinion, that, that, but it's one, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's more of a fan theory than it is anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know, what else is everybody kind of looking forward to? Exactly. Right. Episode nine was supposed to be the current. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. the actress, and now the tragedy might be switched. 
I personally think Luke was going to die in this one. I don't think that anymore. He might have taken away Charles Stone. And when a guy's mother dies, Kyle Ren's mother dies, that, they think a little bit harder than that. So without being up for another person, you push them, push them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There would be, there would be, I mean, I guess you could kind of say that with The Force Awakens in a way, was that when Snoke was trying to, you know, he was obvious, he obviously knew that Kylo Ren had that, that fall between, because whether it was the light side or the dark side, because he said to him specifically in that, we'll see, we'll mm -hmm. see, because he knew that there was that tearing in between. And I think, and of course this fits our panel perfectly because it's the future of Star Wars, my prediction is that Supreme Leader Snoke himself, himself, has a large role in Episode Eight, but we don't see him much. Kind of like I, he's he's always been lurking in the background. That's always been his thing. He's tra training Kylo Ren in the background, and when we see him, it's going to be more focused on specifically Kylo Ren. Maybe he is pulling more towards the light side, and Snoke is the person saying, "Come on, buddy, you got to get back. You got to get to this." But again. Him killing off his father in Force Awakens, again, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. And maybe something happens where it just affects... Yeah, that's that, that's that's a theory for another episode, and that's a theory for something else, but... Um, we don't want to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I think that, there that that could be an interesting twist where the death of his mother is enough to push him. It, that was the Right. I think she was she was gonna be able to see the credits. She was the one character I thought was gonna see the credits at time. Interesting. Huh. I didn't even think about that at first, no. but I think there's a there's a lot of a lot of discussion when it comes to that and I'm sure as we move closer to August, September, October, and we get closer to this film, I think we'll probably start to get a better idea of maybe a direction that they're heading down and of course in December when we see this film show. It's gonna be really exciting. Yeah, anyone else had excited? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, the 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 script, uh, they didn't rewrite anything. Um, yeah. You know, we're all kind of speculating on what it is. Well, she, she finished her filming after, um, yeah. before she passed away. So. But I mean, one thing too that um, she had such a good rapport with Ryan Johnson. I yeah. mean, they they said that they had. I think it was the Vanity Fair article yes. said that they had a lot of late night sessions of just going back and looking at the script, writing dialogue, and, and mm. I think one thing that's really was really underrated about Carrie Fisher is how brilliant she was, how yeah. good of a writer that yeah. she was. Yeah. Um, you know, she's written several novels and, and scripts on her own, you know, outside of Star Wars mm. that it was great to see that he leaned so heavily on her that, you know, I think she'll loom even larger in this film. I mean, we're going to go in, we're going to obviously know kind of the outcome you know, in the real world, but I think that is going to bring quite a bit of gravitas to that actual film. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that was right around when Rogue One came out, right. and I remember seeing Rogue One, you know, just after that had happened, mm -hmm. and it, oh, all the, all the feels right there, that, that, yeah. hit, that hit even harder. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, yeah, that's a, that's a great, um, that's a great point that we don't, we really don't know, and, you know, we haven't really talked... We're, I mean, we don't want to jump ahead too far, but right. I mean, episode nine with Colin Trevorrow, he's got quite the task to, Yeah. I think he had to rewrite a lot of, you know, his, his script and what was, what the plan was there. Because like you said, 
you know, the plan was Han Solo to be episode seven, Luke Skywalker to be episode eight, and Princess Leia, you know, General Organa to be episode nine. nine. And now they have to go back to the drawing table and they have to figure out, you know, and again, like you said, Carrie Fisher is such a great writer. Mm -hmm. She is somebody who can put on pen to paper or discuss something with you and just exude her energy all over a project. Project, And I think, like you said, Brian, that we're going to see a lot of Princess Leia, General Organa elements in this film. I think that there were things that she wanted to see, probably, in terms of her character in this mm -hmm. film. I think a re reuniting with Luke is probably something she would have loved to have seen happen in this film. Whether we see it or not, we don't know yet. But I, it's a great point because it's going to be very emotional for us. I mean, just at, well, at the end of Rogue One, spoilers again, hopefully you've seen it, um, we see Leia at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And with everything that happened, it was such an emotional moment. And now that we see her in episode eight, that's going to be another emotional moment for us. Yeah, yeah, I know, I, I cried. But, but I, it's all about family. It's I hope, like, I really, there's so many times that they've cut things out of a, of a trailer. I mean, Rogue One was a different movie than we thought it was right. going to be. Um, you know, there's, The Force Awakens had Luke Skywalker saying, you know, in the, in, you know, the Force Strong in my family, and that, that got ripped out because he had zero dialogue. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Sean, that comment that, yeah. you know, Carrie Fisher had, I, I hope it's a line in the movie and not just mm. her getting filmed for a behind-the-scenes thing, because that, you know, that's what Star Wars is all about, it's, yeah. it's family. Yeah, I mean, it generational, is. I mean, you know, the people that saw it originally and passed it on to, you know, to their children, mm. grandchildren, I mean, we've had 40-plus years. Yeah. 40 more, maybe. Hopefully, yeah. even more than yeah. that. Yeah. I think you made a great point, Brian. I think it's 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 about family and it's about the fans of the stars and it's all about you guys. Yeah. And as we get closer and closer to this film, um, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more stories about her on set. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more great stuff about her interaction with, of course, Adam Driver and a lot of the other people because, of course, she was very close, very close to Oscar Isaac Yeah. during both the filming of The Force Awakens yeah. and... The Last Jedi. I'm going to be curious to see if, when we get closer and closer to The Last Jedi, if we're going to see little published articles, like from each one of the characters saying, you know, now that we're leading up to The Last Jedi, mm -hmm. here's our experiences with Carrie Fisher as a time. They'll almost make it like a piece. I want to know more about why she slapped him 27 <laughs> times. No. <laughs> what did he say? That's why. Right. I, I'm sure she found a couple different reasons to keep <laughs> doing different takes of that one. I, I really doubt we'll see him slap 27 times on the screen. Man. But, It'd be um, a new podcast, man. Oscar gets slapped 27 times podcast. Compilation. Yeah, a whole compilation of that. But, yeah, I mean, and again, I, we've, we've said it the entire time here, you know, it's about you, the fans. I mean, they're doing a lot of this for us as fans so that we can get involved in it. We can go see the films. We can invest our time. We can discuss it. I mean, that's the whole point is we come here and we discuss and we connect based on our love for Star Wars. Um, do you guys have any questions specifically when it either comes to podcasting? Do you have any questions about Star Wars alone? Because I know there's a lot of stuff we've when it comes to comic books, when it comes to some of the books that we're going to see, whether it's The Last Jedi, whether it's Han Solo. Any questions that you guys have concerning any of that stuff? Because there's a ton that we could talk about when it comes to just some of these other elements at the same time. 
Wars comics. Yep. So I've been reading a lot of Star Wars comics, like Podamron and Han Solo, and stuff. And I'm wondering, now that, now that they're doing a Podamron comic series, maybe they'll go into like a Ray comic series, a Finn comic series, other characters like that. Yeah, they, they just announced uh, uh, two Marvel ones for uh, Thrawn. It's an adaption comic of the book. The novel, yeah. Yeah, the novel. And uh, Mace Windu one's coming out as well. And Rob and I have we've been reading a Darth Maul comic uh, mm. based on Marvel. So there's, there's a bunch of comics that for specific characters that could come out. Like Dr. Aphra, she's a brand new character. And it's interesting to see how these comics bring bring them to life. Right. I think the comic, com- it, it, that's one thing that I just, it's just financially really hard to keep up with it comics is, yeah. um, on a monthly basis. And you know, that the subscription services are great for those because you might be reading it like a, a year or two or so after it's occurred, but it's way more financially sound to do that than yeah. every time, you know, every, what is it, Wednesdays? Every comics Wednesday release? pretty much, yeah. yeah. And, and so every it's like four or $5 a pop. Yeah. A pop, yeah. and they're little bite-sized things, and it's a great medium to tell a story that is really difficult uh, in, in, in film or television, and you can be a lot more creative. Uh, you know, the one that I am reading right now is the Darth, the new, the, the newest Darth Vader one, um, because it occurs right after, um, Revenge of the Sith, but I, um, just as a casual fan of the Star Wars comics, I, I think they're great. So yeah, yeah. I but I, I will also say though too, I think as we get more uh, more is built out, I think we will see you know more about Ray's backstory, Finn's backstory, and I think a comic is really good for for that. If you listen to our podcast network, we have a show called Talking Far, Far Away, and that's where I sit down with Scott Inch on the network, and we talk about the canonized universe. We talk about the comic books, the novels, and everything else, and in one of our more recent, most recent discussions that I had with him, that episode will be up soon, is we talked really about the wide span of the comic books because we are starting to see more of, you know, and a lot of fans are starting to pull the Star Wars comic, the big name comic, from their pull list because they love what the characters are doing. Mm-hmm. They love the character comics, you know, of course with Mace Windu coming up. Yeah. The uh, Doctor Aphra series, the um, Darth Maul series. Also, one of the things that Scott and I talked about was that if we are going to have a Han Solo comic, if we're going to have Mace Windu and all these other characters, let's start talking about maybe whether it's in between The Force Awakens, heading up to The Last Jedi, or even with a character like Finn, we don't know any of his backstory to becoming a stormtrooper other than some of the journey to The Force yeah. Awakens stuff. Yeah. We don't know him as a child because, of course, in The Force Awakens, we see the little holopad in the, in the side, and they show a picture of him as a kid. They do? Yes, and they uh, have all this information, and Captain Phasma calls it up. And it's like, wow, I want to know what happened to him as a kid. I want to know what made him join the First Order. Was there something, some kind of anger that he had, or did he feel that, like, in... In any other way, did I join the military, or in this case, the First Order, to pursue something different, to see the galaxy, to meet different people, to or truly believe in what the First Order was doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Correct. Absolutely. And it, it, but we don't know where that came from. Like, where did he come from? Where was he taken from? Um, but I think also too, you see. Right. Yeah. Right. And, I, and one other thing too is we also see it from 
a different point of view. When we see it from, you know, the, the bad side, and we just yeah. had, you know, Thrawn, he's kind of like an anti-hero, you could argue. Um, Lost Stars, you saw both the side of two people that were in the Empire, one defected to become a, mm -hmm. you know, part of the rebellion, the other one stayed, you know, true to the end, and just seeing, we all cheer when Luke Skywalker blows up the Death Star. Right. There's a lot of people on that <laughs> yeah. space station at the time, and it almost talks about how people dealt with that, and you don't think about that side we'll, of things. We'll also get the, the story, the story arc of uh, Battlefront Two. Uh, coming out this week, yeah. Uh, Battlefront Two, and I don't remember her name. Um, the the character. Yeah, the main character in yeah. Battlefront Two, and it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting to play as her and her side of the story and instead of playing the hero side. Or, in her sense, it's a hero side. She's the hero of her own story, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Which I love when they do that. It, I think com you're completely on point when it comes to the comic books itself. I think the Poe Dameron comic has done a really good job. We talk about it all the time on the show. It does a really great job of kind of showing his interactions with not only his squadron, but some of the adventures that he was going on outside of what we know from The Force Awakens. How he earned the name and leader of, of, I believe, Black Squadron, right? Is that yeah. the name of his squadron? Uh, yeah, and how he got to that place, and how... The best pilot in the Resistance. Best pilot in the Resistance, exactly, how they you, got you, to that point. You so. talk first, I talk first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that line. So I think when it comes to the comics and all the novels and everything, I think we're going to see some progression in terms of those individual stories. And I think leading up to The Last Jedi, I would love to see what happened in that time. Yeah. So, awesome. I think that's the end of our panel for this section. I really want to appreciate, we appreciate you guys coming out and uh, discussing Star Wars with us. And uh, we hope to see you at another event very soon. Thank you so yeah, much. And as we always you. say here on the network, may the force be with you. Always. always.